This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here. OTTR headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our with our latest last week of wrestling, after darts, under bosses hard taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show wrestling every coming soon so if you like what you see you love professional wrestling you love independent wrestling you love everything about wrestling just yourself give us a tune you know you will not regret it blackheart out welcome to another episode of future stars now my name is mike freeland so glad to have you joining us uh, Future Stars Now is brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand. So many fun, fun interviews that we get a chance to do with different stars uh, all over the wrestling world, from all different parts of the world as well. And tonight is no different. Uh, Joey Ace is going to be joining us. He's been a pro since 2009. He's been here, there, everywhere. Um, and we are going to get to dive into his wrestling career, talk to him about the places he's been, the people he's met, and the journey that is the world of pro wrestling. Before we jump into that, I do want to let you know, please make sure that you go ahead and follow us on social media. You can follow Front Row Material at FRM Podcast on Twitter. You can follow myself at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Don't put two E's in there. I'm not giving anything for free. Remember, I'm the mooch. Um, also, remember that fill us a comment card or a survey on Apple iTunes. Let us know what you think about the show. Always excited to hear about your thoughts, your comments, your feelings about this. All right, let's go ahead and let's get right into it. He's a nine. Uh, he is everywhere. Uh, he's, a, in my opinion, a five-star wrestler. He's been everywhere. He debuted in 2009. He is still going strong. and He is a charismatic man. He has a great wardrobe as well. We'll get into that as well. So right now, let's go ahead and let's bring him in. Joey, is. Joey, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I'm good, Mike. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. And I, I want to say this, like, right off the top. Uh, the shirt you're rocking, my friend, that is... It's a... It's a Target exclusive. <laughs> it is. I, it's so funny you mentioned that. So wearing the uh, the throwback to Macho Man Ultimate Warrior right here. Uh, it's so, so cool. Target has really yeah, good retro are. shirts, I will say. Dude, they do. They yeah. do. Uh, like, I go in, I'm like, oh, feeling all the nostalgia. And I want to get all the shirts. And I got, like, quite a few. <laughs> I, see, see, the funny thing is I have to spread mine out. So, like, if, if, if we're going in Target and we have an oh. agenda of what to get, I can maybe drop one thing in there. But it, if I literally am by myself, 
no, no joke. I'm putting three or four shirts in. I'm going to toy aisle. I am literally, my wife calls me a man child. Like literally, I go for groceries and I come back looking like we have a kid and it's just us. Uh, dude, you and me both, bro. My girl will be like, dude, what are you doing? What are you getting? What are you looking at? I'm like, wait, I, I need to see what's going on in the yes. section. You see what's up with the toys. And I'll sometimes grab a G.I. Joe that I don't got. Yes. I'm like, oh, let me see this. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, but we are grown adults now. And if we feel like walking down that aisle and dropping a few in there, I have dude. no problem throwing it off on my nephew saying he's got a birthday coming up uh you got any figs in the back because if it's just me walking up uh, i look like george costanza's brother i'm like that's just not gonna work but hey you know what you do what makes you happy screw the critics you know what I mean? yo of course like look there's how many of us wrestlers have have like action figures and toys and like our generation like grew up on that and like now we still i still collect them so Let's kind of start off right there. I always like to kind of do the genesis of, of someone's career. So when it came to wrestling, when were you first introduced to it? Like what was your first memory that you remember that you actually either saw a magazine at the grocery store or something on television? It's so funny because I feel like when I, when I look back and really think about it, there was a few things. And, and one of those things was, I think it was Sting and Nikita Koloff in that chain match yes and and i remember watching that and hearing the sound of the ring and like being scared like whoa, whoa, whoa like what's this like i can't you know it's it's not it doesn't feel like like i, I i'm i'm looking away but then I'm, I'm i'm into it and then a little while after that my, my mom had like a friend who lived a couple of blocks away in, in uh, lower manhattan she was giving out some toys and I would go over and she would hang out with her and I would hang out with her kids and they would just have all their toys laid out. And for some reason, I just picked up the a Hulk Hogan toy, but didn't know who he was. He was just like the Hasbro with the, with the, yep. and it just looked cool. And then I remember I was playing with them and then like, I don't know how much suit, like thereafter, my mom comes home with like this box and she's like, here, Joey. He is like all these WWF figures. So I was like, wait, what? And I was still on like WCW because right. I was like, wait a minute. These aren't the same guys, but they're wrestling. So I don't know what. Then my mom ended up getting me the blue Hasbro ring. The ring, yes. And uh, we, we lived like in a housing project, like Lower East Side. And I remember her, there was a supermarket called Pathmark and she worked there. And I remember the night that she was like, Joey, I got something for you. And I was like, wait a minute, what is this? And she was like, I remember her like saying to me, oh, the toys, the guys go in the ring. And I was like, and then I remember like my grandma putting it on. Like it was like a VHS tape and it was just wrestling. It was just like WWF stuff. like. It looked like a, a recording of like superstars, I think. And there it was. I was like, what? Oh my God, these are the same guys. And I'm actually playing with them. This is great. And that was it. it, it God bless both of those women, by the way. I mean, I tell you what, how amazing is that mom and grandma being on the same page? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, the, uh, the two alliances introducing you to, to wrestling. And it, it's interesting you mentioned with the, the figures and whatnot, because growing up, you know, I did not have, I also came from a situation, didn't have a lot of money. So a lot of garage sales and hand-me-downs and stuff. And that's when I started to get into some of the figures and, as well and, and enjoying it. And then I got the ring as a gift. And yeah, it's, it's something that when you're introduced to it young enough, it's mm -hmm. so hard for you to wrap your brain around these are superheroes, but they're real people, and I can yeah. watch them and play with them at the same. It, it's uh, it's tremendous. It's like having uh, cake and then having another another dude, cake for dinner. I'll show you something because because you, you're right here and it just popped up in in my um, like it was just in front of me. I have a picture, and I've I was I must have been like I'm looking at it now. I must have been like two or three years old, maybe three two three but my grandma had got me the uh hulk hogan and ultimate warrior where you pull the string oh my right? gosh and i was like wait a minute what the hell and <laughs> i remember my, my grandmother got me these 
And what I would do with her bed, what I would take her pantyhose yeah, and make it. ring ropes ring around ropes. her. I shit you not, the picture was taken and Bam Bam Bigelow is on this old TV. This is like 1990, 91. But here it is, if you could see it. Oh my gosh. There, that's, that's me, that's little me. And then on that up here, you see like that silhouette of Bam Bam Bigelow on yes. the TV. Yep. You got turnbuckles. You, oh my! Mm -hmm. That's that. You know what? That's commitment, my friend. Now, did, <laughs> did, did you get any? Did you get any heat for uh for that from from Gma or is she cool? Grandma was like, "Here you go, <laughs> make it, make do what you want to do, have fun." Yeah. Now that's those are memories in life, dude. Regardless if you got into pro wrestling, that that's just special. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, when the most important adults in your life support you in what you're into and they embrace that. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. But yeah, it was, um, it was, it was pretty dope. I remember those times and those times were, were, were awesome. And I, I felt like they, they both, including my father too, like set like that foundation of like, all right, this is probably what this kid is going to do when he gets older, but they didn't know it. But they just did it for me to get kind of like stay out of trouble and stay out sure. of harm's way. And dude, it was it was totally like that. It was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's so it's so cool to hear the starts of fanhood. <laughs> yeah, it was um yeah, I, I look at this picture and I and like I think like, you know, because I've been doing it now 13 years. Whenever I feel like there's like a you know, you go through your ups and downs. And recently, like I tore my AC joint. And um, I was I was finally like I'm like oh man I'm in front of ten thousand people it's the Prudential Center it's AEW. First bump I took, popped my AC joint. Oh no! And and I didn't know like I didn't know I looked at it and I'm like I must have separated my shoulder. And I don't know how, like I remember landing and it was just like this crunch. And like I, I finished the match and I and I I remember me getting home that night and this picture was like on on like my nightstand and i was like every time i had like that doubt every time i had maybe i should do something else this is not maybe uh i'm like there's a kid yes this kid can be someone else absolutely and these two guys and guy on my shirt the dudes on my shirt made me feel something and took me away from something so i'll be if i stop doing it I know I'll be robbing this kid of something. This kid, who knows where he is? Right. Could be robbing him of something. So to look at that and think of that, I think of like, this is what it's about. Yep. You know, memories like this. And um, that's what kind of keeps me going, man. <laughs> it's just those moments. That That's an awesome story. And you, you so eloquently put that because I think that in a lot of ways, I think sometimes whatever profession you're in, you can get very discouraged and you oh, can yeah. get frustrated and you can get burned out and, and everything else. But I think it's neat that you can hearken back on some of these memories and, and have a visual to say, Hey, you know what? I'm never going to lose this. You know, I'm never yeah. going to lose this because what it did for me, it, it's so interesting. It's pay it forward. There's mm -hmm. probably another kid out there who watches you and, you almost feel like there's something that you owe that kid because you don't know what's going on in their life and, yeah. and wrestling mm -hmm. may be their thing and it may be something that, that makes them happy. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, like I, I feel a lot like, you know, where, where'd you grow up? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Ah, all right. Um, like here in New York City, you know, it's, it's so doggy dog. And I'm sure you growing up, you, you know, another city, it's probably the same, but I remember like there was a little, there's a, in school, there was just like this little community of us that loved wrestling. And then, and as we got older, I remember like Monday night wars started happening, but I remember right before that, right before that, when everything was still kind of um, red, white, and blue and colorful, me and like a few friends would bring our bone cruncher figures to class and lunchtime it was on it was like we we would just be like yo and just like you know 
I, I would have like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. My boy would have like the whole Savio Vega crew. Like another friend would would like have like the little chairs and the ladders with his like mankind figure, and he was like, "This is <laughs> this is it." Those those were the moments, man. Shit, but uh, yeah, <laughs> back back in those days, man. But that's kind of like the origins of like I I I call it an obsession. It was just like. You were just hooked, and then, you know, as the years like you, you get older, and I remember like being, um, I think, sixteen years old. I was like, I think I want to do this for a living, but didn't know like how or or what avenue to go through. And I think I, I think may have been like seventeen years old. I started backyard wrestling. Oh wow! Yeah, and um. I had like this, uh, like a friend of mine, my friend Mark, I think at the time, I remember him. Uh, but we were just like, all right, let's like start this little thing. And I got a bunch of kids from school to like do some of my friends to do it. But even way before that, I was like, I remember, I think I was maybe 13, 14. And I did something in like front of my on the stoop of our apartment building. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And I remember like gathering up with like my next door neighbors and like tying up pantyhose in like the front like yard and like still like, oh, bouncing off the ropes and <laughs> doing all that stuff. But I remember 17 years old, I was like, all right, I'm bugging out, I'm going crazy doing this. And like a friend of mine had an amp and then I had like this battery that pack that my dad had around. And I remember plugging the amp to the battery pack and then an I like just kind of like an iPad and plugging like the, the the thing to the amp and that's how we would have theme music. Wow. Yeah, and it was just like these epic Friday nights. We would take cardboard boxes over to the park and like suplex each other through the boxes, like yeah. I mean hold on, you're you're booking now, you're yeah. doing production. And yeah. you guys are putting on match like that's dedication. Yeah, it was. We just loved it. That was it. We just loved it. It was that. It was just fun. It was just for us. It was just like this is this is it, you know. But like how I got, off, it it caught on because we had like these little VHS tapes. Yeah, we were on this recording thing, and like I remember like giving it to a friend. My friend giving it like passing it around, and then this kid, this random kid, just like. Yo, uh, you know this kid Barry? And I was just like, no, but should I? He was, oh, he backyard wrestles too. And I was just like, let's meet him. And then I meet this kid. He's wrestling with like this other crew that were other backyard wrestlers that wrestled like in the independent circuit, but as job guys. Right. So those guys came to our park and just destroyed us. <laughs> Like beat us up. <laughs> a lot of my friends were like, "No, nah, we're not. We just want to do this for fun. These guys are crazy. Like they're doing swanton bombs off the thing. Nah, we're out of here, man. This is fun. Yeah, we're but... done. Yeah, this is not for us." I kept going. Like I kept doing it, and then one of them, this kid Brandon, um, had a ring. He got like a ring, and I was just like, "Oh." Um, you know, he he lived out like kind of in like East New York, Queens. Okay. And I lived in Brooklyn, but like kind of kind of far, like other the, the you know, it was about forty five minutes from him. But I was obsessed with the ring. I was like, wait a minute, like I could get in this ring and I could like do it up. <laughs> and I remember conning him, going, "Hey man, like oh, you guys, you guys could go to my backyard anytime you want." The, <laughs> the, the, the reality was it was F that you come on the weekends but I have it during the week and I could just mess around during the week <laughs> he agreed <laughs> my friend Daniel got me this guard like actually no that was that was another story but that's another story but my friend Mike had this big truck it's like called the big red and we made two trips two hour trips like so four hours Right, getting this ring from like 
somewhere in Queens, like far Rockaway, Queens, back to Brooklyn to me, to set it up in the middle of the night. <laughs> My neighbors hated me. <laughs> they were like, you're fucking crazy. Like, you, you're nuts. <laughs> like, we hate you. Like, we, we want you to move. <laughs> like, like, we want you off the street. Dude, I had the city come, New, the state of New York come, city of New York come, and take pictures and tell me I had a structure and gave me, like, this fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most amazing story I've ever heard in my life. This is, holy shit. So... Hold on, we we, we got to unpack some of this. Yeah, go ahead. He had, he uh, had a ring, right? Did he ever say yep. how he came across it? He bought this ring from somebody. Uh, okay. Some guy he bought the ring from. I don't okay. remember who. The whole story was, you know, back then, like anybody to tell you anything. He was right. like, "Oh, this is an ECW ring." I didn't give a shit. I was like, "It's a ring." <laughs> like I don't I don't care, and like. My, my guys, my, my group of guys would come and, you know, like after school and just like run around and just throw each other in headlocks and like run around the ring and tape record little bits of pieces. But, but even before that, before the ring in the backyard, before I met this kid, Barry, I remember too, like we were in the park and we got in trouble. So one of my friends decided to bring light tubes in. And then he wanted oh he, oh he wanted a light light a table on fire, <laughs> but it was an actual like table like the tables that you have, like the wrestling tables you know those right right. And he he got like lighter fluid lit it on fire. And what happened <laughs> was someone called the cops. They were like, Yo, this, they're fighting. They had helicopters for us, like Stop looking it. for Stop us it right now. This I, is. I, this sounds like the inspiration for the Raw video that showed before Raw would come on with the explosions. That it, that's what it was, because that's what we were on. We were on that kick, because it was like right right after the Attitude Era. It was like two thousand one, two thousand two. Right. We still had the Raw explode. We we it was that. Anyway, I was like, "Girl, I can't, I can't do this. We can't do this in the park anymore. We're gonna get arrested." <laughs> and I remember like saying all right i want to build a ring and this is like before i'm in battery so we're going we're going before before the actual structure of a ring okay and we i'm like all right how do i build this talking to my friends i'm like we need a tarp we need wood how are we going to make it bounce we need tires tires to make it bounce and we found like carpet padding and like plywood boards like old like they were renovating a house on the block and we were like why not? Exactly. It's getting I, thrown away as it was. Wow. Yeah. I paid my friends off in Gatorade to help me. <laughs> so I was broke as shit. Right? <laughs> we, we, we haul ass with all the stuff, bring it to my backyard, build it. It was the prettiest blue 10 by 10 square I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and yeah. And then my buddy got his amp and we just, yeah, we played and the funny thing, my friend Daniel had a band, so he had all this recording equipment. So, at the time, <laughs> like, I was um, I was a big on the real world, right, right. And and you remember it was like, oh, like ten people picked to live in a house. What yeah. happens when things, you know, all that that theme song? So, we would make custom theme songs. So like, my boy would just do guitar riffs. And and um, I was always a loud mouth, and, and I would have like, I remember I'm at his house one day, and he's like, "You know, it'd be cool, man, if you made your own theme song, Ian Chips." And then I'm like, "Let's just put the real world on." And I just loved the real world just thing, the whole show. And he's playing with his drums, and he's like. And he's like, Joey, you should start saying things. Like, just whatever. Like, just, and I'm like, all just right. So you, stuff. Yeah. So he's recording, like, he's recording the beat on his computer. So he's like, he's like, yo, he's like, doom, that, that, doom, that. And I'm like, and he's like, what would you do if you lived with me? And I'm like, I got it. He goes, hits the beat. And while he's hitting the beat, 
He's like, doing that, doing that, doing that. I'm like, give me my sandwich back. There's no toilet paper in the bathroom. Like, shit like that. Right. And that was like the first Joey gimmick. Like, Joey just nutcase. <laughs> like, real world nutcase. And yeah, it through my little backyard wrestling career, like, we had the ring and then we tore that down, got the big one, the, the real wrestling ring, got the real wrestling ring in there. And, and we just, people came. I met like wrestlers, like independent guys that would come in and like run around. You got your yeah. own fed started. It's like, but it was like other, like there was other feds. Yeah, there was other feds in, in, but I had my own little fed, and I was like, this is the coolest little thing ever. Like you guys, whatever you guys do, what you want. But I have my own little thing called, and I remember it was called High Impact Wrestling, and. That's not that, a bad that, name. Nah. <laughs> I mean. I, I, I literally spray painted like on the, these the, the ring aprons. Like I made like, I was a big fan of, again, WCW, like the style of it. Right. And I, and I remember like, like oh, I'm going to do the H. Like, a, like, like how it would look, you know, whatever with the thing right. and the W, the, you know, and then just did it like that. So you got this this fed started like this is crazy. It starts out at the lunch table, then it goes into the the park, then it's just on cardboard boxes, and then it decides to progress to something else. Yep. And it's and then I love the fact that you when you said you you went into the woods, <laughs> like I don't know. If if you want to look it up, so it, it's it was uh. If you go on Google, Google Maps, look up like Canarsie Park and Canarsie the, Park. the park could come up and, and it's it's like by the by Jamaica Bay. It's like this big giant thing of water. But uh, the park was kind of like lined up with it. And it's in like it's all the way kind of like at the other side of New York City on the bottom. And then the park that we were in, it looks like the woods, like if you just look. At night, you just see baseball fields and then the woods and then the highway. <laughs> that was lovely backdrop. Wow, the scariest shit. <laughs> so uh, during all of this, was there any part in your mind that thought, okay, something something could go wrong here, or were you just riding the high, like you know what, fuck it, everything's gone well so far. Let's just roll, unless the feds roll in here. I think Dude. we're gonna the cop situation. Like, did, how did you feel when that, when that situation happened? Like first taking the pictures of the ring, like what, were, what was going through your mind? Like, am I going to get seriously busted or, or what it, or are my folks going to say? The, the, I, so it's a little bit of a somber thing. So I was 16, my dad passed away. Right. So I didn't really have, my mom was just out of it. So I was like, yo, if I get caught, if the cops come, I'm screwed. But for some reason, that was exciting. <laughs> just like it was like, oh wait, like if we're running from the cops, what are we gonna say to them? Oh, we just fake wrestling. Like, what are they gonna say to us? <laughs> like we didn't hurt anyone. Right. People were just bugged out in the area. Like, what the hell are these kids doing? And we're like, if the cops, NYPD show up, uh, we have got a disturbance. Uh, what do we do? <laughs> What did we do? Yeah. The, the the greatest times were was like in the in the winter because the sun will go down at five o'clock. Yes. So by seven o'clock we were out there in the dark. <laughs> like literally with like flashlights, like No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Just like oh, hanging from the monkey bars. Of dedication. <laughs> The show must go on, and shit, yeah. damn right it does. It does. How many people have actually heard? I mean, this literally is quite. Possibly, you want me to be the first? This is the most enjoyable interview I might have ever done. Like, there is suspense. There's drama. There's the police. There's reckless abandon. There's deals that are going down. It involves the woods. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll tell you how parallel this is. So. During this time, it was kind of the end of like in New York City of like uh, like the mob, <laughs> like we lived by like the area where like the mob would take the bodies and throw them. So we lived there. So I'm over here like oh, <laughs> making deals for a wrestling ring. 
<laughs> Conning my friends, bribing them with Gatorades and pizza. Wow. Yeah. You were you were the Don. You were getting it done. <laughs> yeah, like, look, dude, it was just like me knowing, like, okay, like, I had, like, groups. Like, I was like, all right, th- this kid, he's a ride or die. He'll, he'll grab, like... <laughs> Like he'll go in the garbage and grab some stuff to me. <laughs> like this guy over here will make my theme song. <laughs> like, oh, like this is the guy that's gonna go on the food run. <laughs> but like Holy that's how shit. it was. Like uh, my buddy Matt, my buddy Matt, God bless him. You know, uh, he's married with kids now, but like he was one of the first, and and he would just like come over and be like, "Yo, whatever you need, bro, I got you." <laughs> And like he would just be at my crib all day, like after school. We'll watch wrestling. We'll go in the ring, do our thing. Like it was insane. Like, but he was one of my guys. And then like this other kid, uh, we called him Keen, and uh, he was just, he was bugged out. Like he would just do whatever. Like he would just go in the ring and he'd be like. I'll jump off the top rope and flip. And like, you always have that one guy in the group who's just like, screw it, I'll do whatever. Yeah. Then we had this other kid, God bless his soul, Joe. Joe was just like this little, like, jack kid. And he would just go, like, literally take the bump off of, like, the turnbuckles to the to the dirt. <laughs> like, like, just go, ah! And, like, laugh. Like he was our mankind. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah, second. Yeah, we People are now being classified. Oh my gosh! It's wow. Totally. Like I was probably Bye. the safest one. <laughs> but like, a lot of the other kids, man, they were just crazy. <laughs> so, so these other competing feds, right? Was there mm-hmm. was there a situation where? they started to blend in and it became one group that did it together or what kind of um i like eventually like stopped mine like eventually like life kind of like you know all right now you you, you're seven like 17 years old and i was like all right graduate high school let me get out of high school let me focus you know my mom my mother wasn't doing really well um so then I remember like we moved out of the house and I told the guys, I was like, listen, like you got to pack up the ring, like come by, pick up the ring and go. Um, and that was kind of like the end of the backyard stuff. How are you doing? Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. A very sombering moment. Very uh, surreal yeah. at this point. You know, it got really real quick. Um, and uh I remember there was like a, a karate dojo though. Before yeah. before we when, when I knew kind of like wait, I gotta get my stuff together. We we did a show at the karate dojo. Okay. Um, which was dope. I was like, oh my god, I couldn't like but um the the other guys that came in were like like they were kind of in like in the in the business. Right. But not at the level like they were independent guys, yeah. but not like big independent yeah. guys, like New York independent guys. Right. Uh, so then they started to do a Fed, and what happened was they, mm. they did a show at at the Karate Dojo, and then the second show, um, I didn't go to it. I remember like, all right, this is it. Like, you guys gotta grab this ring, do the last show, grab the ring, kind of like pack up because I'm move. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, the 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 dude that did that was on the show. That, that second show, I think, in Brooklyn ended up being like my first trainer, like my first legit trainer. Oh, wow. And out in Long Island, like a couple of years later. Ah, there we go. Okay. Which was like wow. ironic. Yeah. Six degrees of separation here. I mean, it's just like how, how everyone is intertwined and interconnected and somehow paths cross and it's just almost like fate in some ways. Let, let let me ask you this: Did did you sell the ring? I mean, you were the businessman through all this. Did you did you get a little? So cash? The, I didn't get anything for it. The ring wasn't really technically mine, right? Um, the ring ended up being, I think, like when I moved, they took the ring and then they ended up selling it. I remember to it. It's now in like I think it was in um House of Glory, 
Hog. Yeah. I, if you look at like their first few shows, that's your ring. Was like this, that, that's, that was the ring. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. There's an Easter egg for you guys if you watch yeah, that was Glory. The that's yeah, so but, cool. But now they got like a new one. There's a new ring there. But the old ring was the one that was in my backyard. And like, I'll tell you, this ring was, it was like the walls to put to, to get it up. So like the ring posts would come up and then the walls were from like the top right down to the bottom. And they had these bolts that would hook on the two bolts on the top and then one on the bottom. But that ring, it was small, but it was heavy. Oh, I believe it. Like, like I remember setting it up and it was just like, this is, this is terrible. But um, but that's what happened to that ring. That ring ended up being a uh, house of glory. I think I sold, and I don't know what happened uh, after that. Yeah. So you decide to kind of progress with your wrestling. You, you never really fell out of love with it, but you just realize it sounds like you realize it was time that the, the, the evolution of what I'm going to do needs to take the next step forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah, I, I ended I up like kind of – trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life and then I'm like okay wait like things are really serious now like I remember like this is oh, back yeah, in at, yeah, at Lower East Side with my grandmother trying to figure life out and I'm like oh you know I was working at Abercrombie and Fitch and that was like what like, 18 19 years old I'm like wait a minute what the, what, what am I doing here this is like all these beautiful women He's, um, everyone looks like a model um, i'm there and then the uh, i met like a trainer like a personal trainer like a boss from new york sports club and then he hired me as a trainer because we were like oh i'm thinking about getting into this i want to start working out get serious about it and then that happened and then 20 i started getting back into it i was like oh okay and I remember going to Gleason's gym at first. Gleason's was like, oh shit, fucking pro, like, all right, it's close to me. I can train. I have this job here. It's perfect. But he was like $3,000, $1,600 if you're in school. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I could just give him a fake like college thing and pay the $1,600. Who cares, right? He's not going to go look and ask questions. Right. The old man. <laughs> I've dealt with the feds. I've dealt with NYPD. Trust me, I got this guy. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm a scheme this shit. <laughs> but I sat there and I was like, "How the hell do I even get sixteen hundred? Right. So I was just kind of like, "All right, I'm I'm, I'm shit kind of out of luck. Let me figure it out. Let me find another school. Go online. Talk to my boy Matt." We meet this guy Chris, and then Chris is like, "Oh, he has like um, let's let's find let's find another school." So we find a school in New Jersey, Ace Pro Wrestling. We go there for like a good uh, and uh, I remember I went there first to check it out. I was like, "All right, let me just go." Right, first time kind of in New Jersey by myself. So I go and um, Jay Jay Lethal was there training. So I think this is the time where he was black machismo. Mm -hmm. I didn't know my butt from my elbow wrestling. I was just like, <laughs> I did backyard. And I was I remember yeah. telling him, like, I'm like, look, I didn't do, I was like, I've done backyard wrestling. Like, please show me, like, yeah. just show me stuff. Like, yeah, beat me up. <laughs> beat me up. <laughs> wow. like, could you say, oh, yo, could you take a bump? I'm like, yeah, boom. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> beat me up suplex me i remember getting like a fall away slam from him everything and then i remember him telling me um he was like starting out maybe want to emulate someone he was like i love randy savage so i do randy savage stuff yeah and i thought about that i'm like oh i love bret hart i love Shawn michaels i love like mr perfect the ravishing rick rude all these all these dudes and I'm like how do I put it all together and then 
I think I went there one more time to train. And then my buddies are like, yo, we found a spot in Long Island. Let's go. So way out east Long Island, about maybe about 60-something miles away, we take the big railroad train to go. Um, and I go out there. And then I start training out there. And how the, the dude that was in Brooklyn doing that show at the karate dojo is the trainer out here. Um, so he's like, yo, I know a couple of guys from New York yeah. City. And there, were, there was like another group of backyard wrestlers wrestling in a park. But in, in, in Manhattan, in lower Manhattan. Oh, so it's a nicer park at this point. They weren't nicer parks. They were just parks. And they looked all grungy. <laughs> I think if there was a park that was like maybe nicer, probably mine. Because there wasn't drug addicts in it. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. You got to watch out for that stuff. And Lower East Side, where they were at, it was madness. You know, there was two housing projects. I lived in one. There was, like, another one. They were right between both of them. So it was just hell. Like, if you could give you hell, that's what it was. But these kids just made their own thing on a Saturday yeah. morning, Saturday afternoon. But um, one of the kids, two of the kids that were that were there, one of them is um, – he went by the name Lip Man Lips, and that's when he started training, like wrestling. Second one was Angel Ortiz, one half of Proud and Powerful. Oh my gosh! So he's at this school, and then uh, Earl Cooter is the guy who's running the running the show with his with his with his friend Sean, and he go, okay, uh, I'm like, uh, he's like Ortiz is coming from the city with with Joey, and I knew this other kid Will happened yeah. to be there too. Yeah. And we were just like, can we meet up with you? Yeah, he, he, and he was just like, sure. He was driving this like um, busted car that he had. Uh, he got um, me, yeah. It was like the love of our lives because that was how we would get every Tuesday and Thursday night like to wrestling and come back. Wow. So we made it for like two years almost. We would train every Tuesday and Thursday. And then I was personal okay. training in the morning. And then I would meet up with him. At his um, yeah. at his in Midtown, and then we would drive. We would go, like two hours almost a drive, and that's how and that's how we started like our actual professional wrestling like thing. Was there any point in time that I mean, obviously, I assume you're you're having a blast at this point. Oh yeah. Um, was there anything else that crossed your mind as far as doing anything else? Or at this point, were you pretty locked in? Like, you know, I, this is, this is do or die. I mean, I've invested my entire life so far into this. I didn't think so much about like the future. It was so weird. I was so locked into the present and having fun, but yet, I would have I a know. notebook and I would just I be yeah. like, what it's can I do to make more money cool. at this? It's so but cool. I knew where I wanted to go. I just didn't know how to get there. And that was like what I was during that few yeah. years was me trying to but get to point B and I didn't know what point B was. So there. it was like, <laughs> what do I go on more shows? How do I talk yeah. to people about getting yeah. on shows? And like I was so just in my head, and it didn't become. It wasn't fun anymore. But I was in it. Right. But I, but I wasn't having fun. I was like, I don't know what to do. I love doing this, but I'm not having any fun, and I need to make money. And then I felt myself getting older, like 21, then 22, then 23. Because in my head, always, always, I thought about before before I would bring myself back to reality was like I would look I would watch wrestling and I'm like oh my god Randy Orton is like 26 and he's like WWE champion and this guy's 20 something and The Rock was at this age and I was like wait I'm, I'm 20 and I don't look like I'm even close and I don't I, I felt like maybe it got to a point where, like, I just, and it was around 24, 25, I kind of imploded. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, Ugh, I don't know. I don't know about this anymore. And yeah. I remember having like some crazy conversation with myself then where it was like, you need to make people feel. It's like you do it at work. Like people buy personal training, people want to get in shape, but they're not buying something tangible that they can touch. They're not buying like like this. This is you can buy this. It's like a dollar or something. You buy it, you have it in your hands, you drink it. You you buy a mouse and you use it for your computer. You can buy that. That's you can buy, you can touch it. But people are buying training from me. So they're buying a feeling I'm giving them. You are buying a pay-per-view. You are buying a ticket. So it should be the same. And I couldn't, for some reason, grasp it till I did a seminar with with Al Snow. And then I remember we were at, uh, you know, Warriors of Wrestling? Absolutely, I'm in Chicago. Uh, Yeah, so there's a Warriors of Wrestling here in in New York City, in Staten Island. Yeah. And uh, Joe Bellini is a promoter, and uh, we, Joe b- brings in Al Snow. So we're, we're, we're at ringside, and Al's like, I'm not going to have anyone in the ring. And he was like, it, it's just, he was like, All right. I'm not going to show you anything because that, that takes up too much time. I'm just going to tell you, just give you some insight. And he, he said to all of us, and I remember it, and it's embedded in my mind, it was like, He's like, what's going to make me buy a ticket to come see you? And I was looking and he was like, you have to get me so invested in you that I have to, I'm on my couch. I have my girlfriend, my wife, my dog, whatever, comfortable. My bathroom's right there. My fridge is right here. What's going to make me get off of this comfortable area that I'm in, my home? To buy a ticket to sit in an yeah. uncomfortable seat, drive, and pay parking, find my seat in the sea of people to be in an uncomfortable chair with somebody I don't know to my right or my left, to be with like my kid or whoever I'm with for three hours in nosebleeds to see you. Wow. And it was like, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. Yeah, this is my dream and I love to do this, but this isn't about me. And I remember like thinking, oh my God, if I could combine what he just told me and feel it. And then the kid, the kid that watched wrestling when he was young. And if I could put those two feelings together, I think I got something. I think I can make something happen. And I was like, I all right. Like and I remember going home that night and going, people are paying $20 to sit in this plastic dingy chair. Mm-hmm. And that bathroom that I just used in this building yeah. doesn't have any running yeah. hot water. The door barely locks is crappy toilet paper. The hot dog water's been there all day, and they're going to go eat that hot dog water. They're driving to this venue that doesn't have any heat in the winter, and it's crappy in the summer. There's no AC. There's no ventilation. And they come, and they sit here for three hours. You give them the best show. You lay it all out there no matter what because those people came to see you to forget about their issues at home to just be in in there with you and watch you and forget about life and then once i got in that frame of mind everything became like just easy i figured it all out (laughs) that's that's big stuff i mean that's huge yeah Wow. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes sense, but it's just like, it makes you open your, your mind to really what this wrestling experience is about. And it, in like, you, it's an experience. Yeah. You're, 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 
I'm providing an experience. You are providing with this podcast an experience for people to sink their ears into and their teeth into and listen while they're either while they're driving, while they're on a subway, while they're on a road trip, people fell asleep in a car, anywhere, making lunch, dinner, breakfast at home. It's it's all like this big thing, like a big just escape you know um and i think i think that's what wrestling felt for me when i was young and throughout this journey and still is and still will continue to be have you had the opportunity to share some of the tutelage and the knowledge as far as it just what it's about big picture you know it, you may have all the intangibles as far as physical ability you know agile this or that but do you feel like a lot of people actually grasp the concept of what really wrestling is about what you were saying or do you feel like some people they've still not gotten to that point i don't think people have gotten to that point to be honest with you um and i'm not saying i'm there i'm just speaking from experience sure Um, i think like i recently went to to just to train just to get my shoulder back into it a, a week ago and to feel it out and uh, a lot of the kids in there are just thinking 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 and and i see myself in all of them because i I know what's going on in their head and i've watched like seminars where i was like i watched a tom pritchard seminar and i'm like man i look so stiff now like what am i thinking about and i know exactly what i was thinking about and i'm like yeah this isn't about you this isn't about like to tell someone Listen, uh, whatever you were told when you first got into pro wrestling, to keep your mouth shut, your ears open. That's where you need to go every day. This guy, this guy I don't think works because it keeps you stuck. It's it keeps like you like, <laughs> like, I get it. You want to hear like everything, like but you got to ask questions. Guys don't ask questions. Like if guys and girls just be like, yo, yeah. how can I make that better? How can I do this? How can I get from point A to point B with blah, 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 what I have? How can I make that work? They'll, everybody will get it a lot quicker. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, this is a, uh, this is, this is a a real deal thing right here. I, I'm enjoying this guys. Joey Ace right now is sharing with us, not only his life, but his passion for wrestling and and really explaining in in great detail everything that really goes into telling a story and would you agree that that's the whole concept as well is is during a match is telling a story when do you feel like you felt like you understood or at least are getting to the point where you're like i get it now it's not just this move or that move much like you talked about you know having experience Mm -hmm. or selling an experience what's it like when you go and you put a match together and you're trying to tell said story i'll tell you something funny um so yeah. this past weekend, we just did uh, the ECWA, do... and I was defending the ECWA championship against uh, Clutch Rockwell. And I haven't been in a ring wrestling in a, a match since January 5th. So I'm a little apprehensive with, with my shoulder. So I'm sure. like, okay. And I have these moves. I have like, okay, I have this drop kick that I like hitting, this slice bread where I grab you and like standing slice bread, you know, the Destino. I have a second rope moonsault that I do. Um, I have the top rope, you know, savage elbow drop that I hit. Um, and I'm like, okay, these are my greatest hits. But I have some feeling because I'm talking about my shoulder that when I walk out there, there's going to be people clapping. And my job is to be the bad guy. So Clutch has has this claw that he always does. And he has like this um this brace around his arm. And I look at him and, I'm trying to think of what I wanted to do for the finish. And I said to myself, and I didn't tell him till after. I said, I don't, I was like, he was like, oh, I have this idea. Maybe we could tell the ref to take it off. I'm like, bingo. I'm like, it's the Super 8. There's going to be a lot of wrestling. It's going to be a lot of wrestling. Everyone's going to try to like, you know, do something like wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. It's on internet. It's on uh, independent um, IWTV. Yep. So I'm like, okay, oh, excuse me. So I'm like, hmm. Oh yeah, she told me about this a long time ago. 
pull I pull Mike Keener to the side. I'm like, all right. I'm like, he's the ref. And I'm like, love Mike Keener. Yeah. yeah, love him. And I'm like, enforce every rule yeah. that yeah, you need to enforce. The ropes, rope breaks, the count outs on the outside, the cut, like when you go for those counts, oh, just 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 go for it, like. If I don't get the shoulder up, I don't get the shoulder up. If he doesn't get the shoulder up, he doesn't get the shoulder. Whatever, like just, just, just do it. Just get in our face, and and let's see how it goes. And I'm not gonna hit anything fancy. I'll leave that all for Chris. We go out there, and the crowd is very like, "Come on, let's go, Ace, let's go." And I'm just like, "Can't do this." And I'm like. I'll work um, on his arm. We'll do his uh, arm. Yellow. And I'm like, that's a real dickhead move. I got tape all over my shoulder and I'm going after this guy's arm and I don't do shit to my own. I don't even. That's an asshole. Joey's an asshole. Now Joey's doing all these other things. He's talking shit to the ref. He's talking shit to the crowd. He's not he's right, bending the rules just for him. That's the story. It's like, all right, now I hate him. Now I want him to lose. I want him to lose the championship. I want Rockwell to kick his ass. And it's just, oh, okay, I don't have the moveset. I'm not doing the moveset tonight. Let me, let me play around. Right. And then I play around and I look at people and I try to get them in, in there. And then when it's time to kick up, you already have that spot that you're gonna do that's gonna kick it up. Goes up, 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 then back down. Then up, 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 high, high, then back down. Then up, 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 and then you finish. And then everybody's like, what the fuck? I think this past weekend was when I was like, I got it. Now I could insert this here, that here, and this here. And it'll work. And it'll work every time. It's a simple no Yeah. Um, hey, Paul, no reason for guys to call um, well, every little thing only like and do their whole highlight reel. It, it's great. But, like you see the gifs and it gets yeah, over. But it'll get over. And it's like, that's it. it okay. That's it. You got it. You got them at that point. Yeah. I mean, to be able to, to change their emotions, be able to, you know, when people are cheering for somebody and then all of a sudden deciding, you know what, that's not going to work. I need them to go against me. And and to be able to have the mindset and the abilities to say, I'm going to flip the script on this and, and to, to go with it and for it to work, it's it's got to be so gratifying to know that I did that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, I changed their emotion. I changed how they felt. And it was exactly what I was aiming to do that that's got to feel like a big accomplishment yes, it's very easy to do uh, it, it, it yeah yeah but it, it's it's me just trying to recreate the feeling that i felt when i was younger like let's say you're seeing this man like run down to the ring like randy savage come down you know like you know his intensity in his face and then the promo is the match you know ultimate warrior too same promo yeah, the match you know Brett the hitman hard had like this this swag about him that he would walk out and he would just like all these ladies are just like i remember like my grandmother my, my aunt my mom oh my god Brett the hitman hard like like but what was it about him and i remember it was just this, this confidence it's the essence of who out. he is yep and it, it, and you see that with people. Yeah. Certain people have that, you know, uh, Scott Hall, the Razor Ramon music. I was just bum, about bum, to say that. Bum, bum. And he would walk out and there was something about him. Not everyone has that. Heartbreak kid. You said that and I got goosebumps. Look at him. Look at him. Yeah, I see Scott that. Hall. So Razor Ramon was the man. He was the coolest like, of the cool. Like he would, like him, walk out to the ring. The gold chains, yes. the slow walk, like yes. you were just like you had the toothpick in school. <laughs> you know, you just hey yo, <laughs> 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 you know, 
it's the experience baby it's the experience yeah, yeah. um but I, yeah to go back to that question about i think i think guys guys and girls need to find out what makes them what gets that emotion out of them like what gives them the goosebumps and then and then like get 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 um and then find what makes them get to that point and try to recreate it well said yeah. very very well said this has been so much fun i mean just getting to break the ice with you and, and it's been a, a pleasure because you know you're not only entertaining but you've given our listeners such an inside look on you know how how a wrestler's mind works and how you know and you're very candid about this and it's like hey how do i do this how do i get started but you never gave up and you continue to remember that kid in that picture and i mean this has been awesome um i would love if we could twist your arm no pun intended uh to do a part two as well with you would, would that be something oh, that you'd be interested oh man in? i would totally love to do it awesome awesome yeah. um thank you <laughs> absolutely Let, let's go ahead and let's do this uh whatever it is you want to plug as far as dates merchandise social media where can people follow you and all right so about you? my next show is warriors of wrestling here in staten island new york uh it's going to be april the 9th that's where i'm going to be wrestling next uh you can find me on on uh twitter at joey uh joey ace 1988 you can find me on instagram at joey ace 88 i do a podcast with my boy uh aj pan called shooting a sh <laughs> um i'll because I'll, I'll tag you and that on here uh, but we just we just started that and we're like four episodes in so it's it's just us just pretty much having a blast talking crap 20 minute segments of just us like whatever we did that week whatever <laughs> show that went on that we <laughs> were talking shit about <laughs> um but yeah that's that's us that's me dude so, that's awesome i will make sure we plug that you. in and let our audience know all about this as well because i think if you guys enjoyed this then you need to subscribe to the podcast you need to follow it on social media you need to follow yes. joey on social media and please continue to get your message out because i think it's it's so well said it was so well said and so eloquently put as far as thank you just it's it's interesting when people talk you know how many people can actually um put into proper words what feelings are supposed to be and i think you nailed it right on the head and you described it so well and i feel like i understood and i felt what you were what you were trying to explain better than anybody else who's, who's tried to explain to you what wrestling is about. so for that i i say thank you you gave me an education oh thank you thank you we will uh we will definitely set up a, a part two i'll hit you up on uh on social media but i am so excited that things are going well for you and uh i'm just to let you know uh erica lee and uh mr darius carter as well uh friends of the show i i know they were doing in the in the super eights and i'm so happy for everybody um wrestling is for everyone there is all different types of wrestling out there there's all different characters and personalities and please, 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 you know, as you're listening to support independent wrestling, if there's shows that are in your local area, by all means, go to the show. Now, if you really love wrestling, buy a t-shirt, put a buck in their pocket, and just show a level of gratitude for what they have done for all of us as fans, because I think that's the greatest thank you you can do is to support people, and that's what we're all about. All right, man. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will definitely talk to you down the road. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, guys, Joey Ace. That was uh, that was incredible. I mean, it, it had comedy in it. It had laughter. It had memories. It had family in, involved in it. Um, it had a lot of candid aspects of it as well. It's it's really unique when I get to do these interviews where people actually open up, and it's not just a Q and A session when it comes to an interview. It's something where someone speaks from the heart, and you have to take that with a lot of appreciation because no one during these interviews no one owes me anything you know it's it's a wrestling interview right so they can talk about wrestling but when they choose to talk about their family and moments that have happened in their life and they open up i mean i think that shows the true character of somebody and uh and joey is, is somebody who 
You ever meet somebody and you feel like you immediately have a connection? Like like last week with uh, the Spanish announced team. Uh, those guys, amazing. Um, you know, when we were talking to Smiley, amazing. There's just people that you meet and you get to talk to and you get to hear their story. And you realize wrestling is so much more than what we see on TV. It is all the thousands of men and women who go out there each and every week to, like he said, help us forget about our lives, forget about what happened at work, forget about the fact that the car is a piece of shit, forget about the fact that we're late on our rent. For three hours, we get to have some fun and we get to live vicariously through other people. And we get to, for a little while, remember who that kid was sitting on that bed watching TV with ring ropes made out of pantyhose. All right, guys, that's going to do it for Future Stars Now. It has been so much fun. I'm going to go ahead and post all of Joey's information here. Follow him, buy his merchandise, and that's going to do it for me. We'll see you next week on Future Stars Now. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 